Hello, hello, hello. My name is Courtney Turner, and you are listening to Bluegrass Community Foundation's Do Good Radio Hour. The episode that you're listening to right now is probably going to be the longest episode of the Do Good Radio Hour we've had so far and will probably ever have until this time next year. Because we are taking a look back to my very first episode with Martina and Marcella Sparksdale, as well as all of the wonderful guests we've had in the last few months together. You're going to be hearing little pieces of some of my favorite moments, and I am just so excited to share this with you. I'm so grateful for the time that we get to spend together. It has been so much fun, and I know that next week we have a pretty cool guest. So everybody, put your seatbelt on. And going into 2023, y'all, it's going to be huge. It is going to be like a really big year, and we are so excited to share that with you. So I hope that you listen. As always, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at BGCFKY. You can also visit us at BGCF.org to stay up to date on all the do-good opportunities we have in our community. Everybody, get your walking shoes on because we are going down memory lane. Here is all of the guests we've had since September. (laughs) Martina and Marcella Sparksdale. What are you looking forward to? Um, I'm looking forward to change and transition. Um, I like change. Change is kind of like where I live at a little bit. I always, something about my life changes every single year. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously life changes, but like I I love change and I love um, growth. Uh, That's the only way to grow Mm -hmm. is changing. So, yep. I think I'm looking most forward to, uh, you know, one day being able to have money to throw at problems. Right. Well, I, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's oh, that's, that's that, new territory. Yeah, I've never dang. I've never experienced that, but that's dang. that's Speak what that I'm looking for. Yes. That's what uh-huh. I'm, oh my gosh. I, I want that. money yeah, to solve some problems, that. right? Yes. <laughs> money does solve problems. I don't care what anybody says. Amen. <laughs> Why do you love our community? Um, I I have a love hate relationship with okay. our community. Okay. Um, I I love people because I believe in humanity, but also 
dislike people mm-hmm. because of humanity. So mm-hmm. yeah, the thing I love most about just not only communities but just life in general, you know, whether good or bad, you know, the one constant is I say time and experience. Just knowing that I kind of empathetic and sympathetic in a way that you know regardless of what happens or you know what causes what that everybody's been gifted the same amount of time um, and everybody's got their own story and their own experiences and regardless of you know the good the bad um, the indifferent you know everybody got a story worth reading and worth sharing and worth telling so you know I love um, being able to be understanding um, and exploring that and people that I come across every day and some people that, you know, I may never come across, but, you know, being able to respect that um, in, in everybody at all levels. So. Why do you love yourself? That's a big one. Why do you love yourself? In all honesty, some days I don't, mm-hmm. you Facts. know. Facts. Um, I love myself because of resilience, but I also deal with that self-doubt, that self-hatred, but I love that I can acknowledge that. I, I, I love myself because of my honesty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and again, as Martina mentioned, you know, I think self-love a lot of times is the, the hardest mm-hmm. um, form of love. And, you know, for being all the way honest, I think that, uh, you know, we can love other people as much as possible. But if that self-love isn't there, um, you, you're really not given the, the purest and the, the greatest form of love. But I'd say why I love myself or I'll say why I love most parts of myself is because it's a great representation of all the people that I love and that love me back. Um, So to really kind of be that embodiment and to be able to show and connect, um, you know, all the good and, you know, all the great things of all the people that have, uh, you know, poured into me over the years from the time, you know, we were born to the time uh, now and the times to come, right? You know, I really love, um, you know, being able to, give others, you know, a sense of hope days that might not be so good. Um, but also knowing too, that there is still a, 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 <laughs> a constant battle, um, of self-love doubt, um, you know, sometimes hatred within, um, that, you know, people on the outside don't always see. Here is Erica Cook with the Carnegie Center. So Erica, every episode, we like to go into BGCF Fast Facts, where I ask you a list of questions, and without thinking too much about it, you're going to give me the first thing that pops up. Are you ready? Ready. Okay. What are you reading right now? I'm so glad that you asked me that question when I'm actually reading something. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's crazy. I work at the Carnegie Center. You think you should be reading all the time. You all are busy. Mm -hmm. It's busy. Um, But right now I'm actually reading Wake the Bones by Lexington writer Elizabeth Kilcoyne. She just had her book release a couple of weeks ago at Joseph Beth. Um, She grew up at the Carnegie Center attending writing groups and classes. And she's... um, she went to our Young Women Writers Project, our Author Academy, and now she's a published writer teaching classes at uh, the Carnegie Center. So that full cycle of literacy right, right there. But it, the book is amazing. It's a very, like, Southern Gothic. Um, it's YA. Love YA. Yeah. Um, bloody, if you like all that stuff. All right. So some spooky. Mm-hmm. We're going into the fall, so it is about that time. Perfect time. Give that book one more shout out. Wake the Bones by Elizabeth Kilcoyne. Fantastic. What are you watching right now? Besides Stranger Things reruns? Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a very eclectic 
watching habit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really am into like travel shows and vlogs. Um, okay. If you've seen Travel Man by Richard Iowati, I am I obsessed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then other than that, probably interior design shows. The best. We have been stuck on Somebody Feed Phil via Netflix mm-hmm. for the longest time. So I really need to... Branch up, out. Yeah, yeah, I need to up my game a I little bit. I got tired of watching Parks and Rec, so. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I've now made it through nine whole runs. Okay. So I need mm-hmm. to find something new. What are you listening to right now? Uh, Kate Bush, Running Up That Hill. Of course. <laughs> of course. It's Shout out Stranger Every day. <laughs> <laughs> what are you eating right now? Um, what am I eating right now? I'm constantly craving pizza from Pearl's Pizza. Mm. If you haven't been, please check it out. It's downtown. It's somewhere downtown. It's, it's downtown. Yeah. Um, and it's delicious. It's like the best pizza I've ever had. Now, you are not the first person to tell me this. What do I order when I go? Probably the Hell Babe. <sighs> okay. It's a little bit spicy. They put All like right. spicy honey on it and it has pepperoni it's delicious. Delicious. Okay. But they also have a, a special pizza every week. And on Wednesdays, they do deep dish slices. You oh. can just get a slice. Sign me up. Mm-hmm. What is today? Tuesday. Okay. Tomorrow. Tomorrow's the day. Here is Dina Hayes Green. What are you most looking forward to? I'm looking forward to being a part of this movement this movement for justice, this movement for democracy. Why do you love your community? I love my community because of the the strength and because of the commitment. And, um, you know, I I think about the Grinch who stole Christmas. And I remember after the Grinch stole everything, right? Little Cindy in Whoville, you know, just sort of comes out and they just sing anyway. And they just mm-hmm. sort of pray in there um, because I think we have so much to be grateful for. And I live in gratitude. I live in gratitude for things that have been done. And, um, and I believe so much in our ability to be able to create the kind of world that we, that we want to live in. Why do you love yourself? Because I'm amazed at how I, I'm amazed at how we were created. I'm just like skin. How did we get skin? And, 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 and how do our bodies function? The human anatomy and just being alive and being in this form is just, um, it's just divine. And so, um, and I would never not love something that was created, um, you know, that sort of um, divine design and, um, mm-hmm. you know, from God, from um, all of the ways in which people, um, you know, love and lift up um, the creator and the universe. Where can people follow you? Where can people get more information on REI? How can people stay connected? Well, you can find us uh, at the racialequityinstitute.org. We have a Facebook page. We have um, a um, other social media um, uh, platforms that people can find us on. You can find me on, um, you know, on the Racial Equity Institute and on my Facebook page and other social media platforms. And um, I'm just part of, a, a again, an anti-racism community and people that know um, that we have to address this issue it has been passed down and passed down and passed down, and we need to free our children up and our young people up so that they won't have the baggage from our generation, that they will be free to um, to deal with the problems of their time and not our unfinished business. Ms. Dina, it has been such an honor to talk to you again. 
if the world ends, I'm coming to your house. You are in charge for the rest of forever. And I will feel so safe <laughs> at your house. So that's where I'm coming, just so you know. <laughs> but I think that- And you would be absolutely welcome. Thank you. I think what REI is doing is really changing the world. So I really appreciate you taking time to talk to me and doing all of the work that you all do. It is so much appreciated. Well, I am proud of you, Courtney, and all of what made you who you are. And so uh, I'm with you. You are absolutely welcome in my community and in my home. And I'll share my pork skins with you. Thanks. Okay. See you next time. Bye, Dina. Thanks, Courtney. Here is Deborah Jackson and Hope Brecker with Legacy Greenscapes. You know, art and music bring people together, food brings people together, and a big part of all of the programs that Hope is talking about here are about community. Um, and that is one of the, you know, founding principles of our organization as well as the park was that it brings people together as a community. Mm -hmm. We want everyone to feel that Legacy Grove Park is their park. Um, a lot of times, you know, communities will take parks and that's your park on that side and that's <laughs> your park on that side and this is our neighborhood park and Legacy Grove continues to be and it is a huge part of our mission to con make sure that it always remains um, the community's park, Clark County's park, and we have visitors from outside of the county and we want to make sure everyone's welcome there. Why do you love your community? Oh, I love Clark County um, because they show up. Um, I think they really do, you know, with our community partnerships, our sponsors for Legacy Nights. Um, every time we turn and ask someone, they say yes. They say yes. Um, and, and not only are, like, the organizations and the businesses there supportive, but the fact that People showed up for every night of our concert series. The families show up for all of our days um, of, of the Wild Wonders and Discovery Days. You know, it's, it's a quiet, um, kind of sleepy town sometimes, but when you call, they'll show up. That's what I love. Here is David Laurenville with Kids Make It. Oh, yeah. Like ramen from the Kroger or... Or ramen from an outside source. So no, not an outside source. We're we're making ramen, like kind of like where Joy has all these recipes on how to do ramen, and she actually makes a pretty good ramen dish mm. or ramen bowl. And like we're we're just like rocking out some ramen with some like vegetables, mm. eggs, mm. like some really good like noodles. Mm. Like it's it's just pretty good. Oh, we'll have to get that recipe. <laughs> what are you most scared of? Most scared of. I would say that the thing that, huh, I, I haven't thought about that. Um, not accomplishing goals, mm. I would say. Um, I would say that for anything that I set out to do, I'm really passionate about them. And it's not that I fear failure. Mm -hmm. It's that it, it's, it's the heartache behind it. Mm -hmm. It's the pain of, man, this is like, this goal is like a child of mine that I brought into the world. So when it doesn't get accomplished, it's just, it's the it's the hurt side of it. Right. It's not the not accomplishing it. It's like oh man, like it, it's not. It's almost like a death. It's like this baby yes, isn't here. So hard. Right, right. <laughs> what are you most proud of? Uh, most proud of my wife, my son, my family, and just just their genuine perseverance in life they're genuine like 
contribution, like their love for everybody around them, um, their complete transparency and being. It's like mm-hmm. like they're one hundred percent them. Mm-hmm. And when I look at that, it's like I'm proud to be a part of them. <laughs> who do you look up to? So who do I look up to? Honestly, I look up to a lot of my friends. Mm. I look up to a lot of my peers who are um who are actualizing, who are doing things, who are who have goals and who are pursuing those goals. Um I said recently that I've been listening to um Earl Nightingale and it was one of he he puts forth one of the best de- definitions of success that I've heard. Um and it he says that success essentially is the progressive the the progressive realization of attaining an, an a worthy goal or mm. worthy ideal and it's not about it's not about the goal and it's not about reaching it the whole thing of it all is the thinking the working the planning mm-hmm. the doing it's while you're doing it that's when you're are actually successful because every single time you move forward you've achieved right so so yeah i would say that when i see my friends around me when they're posting on social media of all the great things that they're doing i, lo- I just look up to that mm. here is amy samples and ramel bradley from app harvest <laughs> okay why do you all love our community can i stop I, to... I, no, no, no. I'm looking at a, a, a big, I'm feeling a big Blue Nation moment yeah, coming yeah, from Ramel yeah, Bradley. Yeah, like... As well, there should be, please. <laughs> this, this, this place welcomed me, molded me, educated me, gave me opportunities after opportunities. The people here supported me. They showed me love. And they kept me safe. Mm-hmm. And that's all my mother really wants when I'm not away, when I'm away from her. Mm-hmm. So that's my reason. Ooh, uh, I love Ramelo and I love the way he sees his family and the way he sees community. It's it's powerful. Mm-hmm. So I'm really glad that he has a chance to share some of those thoughts. And I can't even imagine how proud your mom is of you <laughs> as a mom myself. Like, that's just really powerful. So thank mm-hmm. you for sharing that, Ramel. Um, I am a native Kentuckian. I grew up here. Um, I am one of those people who did leave for a while because I wasn't sure if I could do what I wanted to do in my professional career here. Um, I left for about 18 years, came back about five years ago, like Ramel mentioned, and um, this is a very special place. Um, People do count us out and underestimate us as Kentuckians, and they really shouldn't because there are powerful things happening here, and the passion that runs through the veins of um, our community members is palpable, and it's just really wonderful to be part of a company, a benefit corporation that is working hard to do the right things uh, with environment and with um, social goals um, and being a great employer. So this has just been a remarkable opportunity to uh, take a next step in my professional career in my home state, and I couldn't be more proud to be a Kentuckian, and that's special to this place. Here is Dr. Jonathan Coleman. The Raffinesque bat, which is now the symbol of Transylvania University. Of course, he named it. Um, And uh, he was probably also working on a very early form uh, of the theory of evolution when he died. Mm -hmm. In fact, we know Charles Darwin would read some of Raffinesque's work. Oh, very cool. Uh, But he was um, not a very good teacher. Wonderful researcher, not a great teacher. 
So supposedly he didn't show up for lectures most of the time, but when he did, that was even worse. He apparently had this great coat, according to one story, that he had made himself full of all of these pockets so that when he saw a plant, an animal he didn't recognize, he could grab it, shove it in a pocket, you know, dispatch with it. And study it later. It's and, kind of like Newt Scamander. <laughs> Somebody I like, love like that. It's this really. You can just imagine physically, if this is true, what he would have looked like, mm. what he would have smelled like. Yikes! Um, you know, full of dead animals <laughs> in his pockets, um, and that he was so smart, and he was um, so esoteric, and that he was virtually um, impossible to understand for the students. So he didn't have a particularly good reputation, except for maybe with Horace Holly's wife. Um, and this oh. is where it gets a little complicated, too. There were rumors, um, or there have been rumors since, um, that Horace Holly's wife uh, and Constantine Raffinesse may have had a romance. Whatever the case is, Horace Holly dismisses Constantine Raffinesque. He has to go. Um, but before he left, Raffinesse wrote that he put a curse on Horse mm-hmm. in the university itself. Uh, poor Raffinesque, he won't be long for this world. He goes up to Philadelphia. He passes away. Uh, he's a pauper. He's thrown into an unmarked grave. And it seems then that his curse goes into effect. Horace Holly doesn't get to stay very long at Transy. And Horace, I believe, dies uh, of yellow fever on a boat on the way to New Orleans. And then Transylvania itself, Old Morrison every seven years, according to one story, or within a certain set of circumstances happened um, in another. Um, But typically what you hear, it's every seven years. Every seven years old Morrison, which would have been the college as a whole during Raffinesque Day, uh, would burn to the ground. And it was the curse of Raffinesque. We do know that was the case. The original Transylvania did burn to the ground, uh, and they built that beautiful Greek Mm -hmm. revival building now at the head of Gratz Park, Uh, and that it was a constant problem. And so someone had the very bright idea of going to Philadelphia, exhuming the body of Constantine Raffinesque and burying him in the middle of Old Morrison. Stop. And that is where Constantine Raffinesque is right now. Supposedly, there I did hear one story that there was an anthropologist. They were doing some work there at Old Morrison. Um, and there was an anthropologist who had a chance to actually uh, look at the body and believe the body was actually the body of a female, uh, that they might have dug up the wrong person and buried okay. them in Old Morrison. But that, that does comes with seem, its own thing. That comes with its own thing. Uh, so, like I said, he was actually buried in an unmarked grave in Philadelphia. And so they believe they really did just dig up the wrong person and bury them thinking it was Raffinesque. Um, the, uh, but that seems to have calmed Raffinesque's curse, having his body or at least the Somebody's thought of... <laughs> at least the thought, <laughs> right, uh, of someone's body there in Old Morrison. Uh, And that started a little group on campus called the Raffinesque Society. And so it was a very big deal to be a member of the Raffinesque Society. And so they picked four lucky freshmen. Um, And if you were picked, you got to go into the crypt of Constantine Raffinesque and keep watch overnight. And if you made it to morning, you were a member of the Raffinesque Society. 
okay, this is my campaign. I'm not a freshman. I don't go to Transy. I'm interested. So if at any point in time anybody wants to invite me, right. I'm available. I have met two members of the Raffinesque Society. So they Allow me to say I'm not making it around. into the society. I'm chickening out, but I want to go in there real bad. Oh, yeah. You could go into the crypt. Like, it's pretty easily accessible. So if you're looking at Old Morrison, there are those great steps. In fact, they just preserved them. Mm-hmm. They did a wonderful job. And beside the steps are these two blocks. They, they're called antipodia is oh. their architectural term. The one to the left is actually the crypt of Raffinesque. And inside the building, you can actually access the crypt. So it's a large room. It's like a tomb. And then within it is an above ground tomb for Raffinesque. Here is Teresa Barton and Leanne Snelling with Give Me Shelter. Why do you love your community? Well, I, you know, being there since I was as long as I, and like I said, an infant, you know, we moved, um, was born actually in Berea, but moved to Frankfurt when I was just an infant. And I think it's just such a caring community. It's solid. It's safe. You know, you feel, you know, people there, you know, it's sort of like the, the series Cheers mm-hmm. and you know, everyone knows your name. Yeah. And and not everyone knows your name, but most people do. Everybody knows your name. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of people know you. They know your family. You feel a sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. And I think because of the size of our community, a lot of people are all negative about, oh, it's so small. There's no place, to, you know, no place to go, nothing to do. You, no place to eat. There are. There are mm-hmm. lots of places to, to go and be and do things. Um, but I think it's just because it's such a cohesive community. Um, being the capital, people come and go, you know, General Assembly comes in, folks come and go along the way, but the heart of our community is just very, uh, just a very cohesive unit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're there for each other. Mm-hmm. Here is Miss Tanya Torp. And find out who is doing the work on the ground. It will not be the flashy people with lots and lots of cash who um, can afford huge buildings and all of the, it's not going to be them. It's going to be people who are sitting on porches and watching the neighborhood children while young mothers get to go to work free of charge. It's going to be the people who are growing food in our neighborhoods and communities. It's going to be people who, um, gather people who bring people together just to learn more from one another. It's going to be people who make meals and say, come on over. Mm And as you lean into those spaces and pay close attention, you'll start to see some of the same names pop up again and again, but you'll also start to see how they, those names, have also created space for other people to do the same. Mm -hmm. So they're reproducing themselves all over the community in um, ways that are change-making. So they're inspiring people to do it in their own way. And then I would also say, what's your passion? I know that's a loaded question for some people. When I meet people, I don't ask them what they do for a living because mm-hmm. often what you do for a living is not your passion. Right. And so it's a little um, disarming for people, but I ask, what's your passion? Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I'll say, what are you passionate about right now? And sometimes people are taken aback and like, what? Because yeah. you don't get asked that often. But if you're passionate about something or you're learning to be passionate about something, 
um, you start to research and it just bubbles up in you. Like it bubbles up even when you're talking about it, your mm-hmm. eyes light up. Um, you start to put yourself in spaces where that passion is, where it resides. And when you're in, in your passion, you can see who those change makers are. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that famous um, quote that Mr. Rogers mom, Fred Rogers' mom told him, look for the helpers. Mm -hmm. So um, I would say they're not just helpers, they're empowerers. They're people who look for the most directly impacted people or who have contact with them or they themselves are most directly impacted and they're making space for others. Mm -hmm. Who do you look up to? This group of women that I told you about, like Serena is one of them, Uh, Carol Taylor, um, uh, Ashley Smith, there's just like a Rowena Moloch that just this group of women, Danny Rogers, like they we have this little text group mm-hmm. and um, Christine Stanley, who is an attorney. And these women um, and Latanya Jones, my writing partner. Oh, my goodness. We started this women's writing group um, called Writing What Is through the Carnegie Center. Mm-hmm. And it's women of color writing together on Saturdays from 10 a.m. to noon life-giving. Every last one of them is so generous. So these women in my life that continue to just lift me and lift each other, and I watch them in their worlds lift other people as they climb. And there is never like, like Carol will say, it's all of us. It's not just like, if one of us makes it, we all make it. Right. And being surrounded by those women, um, Coach Colleen, if you don't know Colleen (laughs) Eldridge, you are missing something in life. Like these women on a daily basis, I just look up to them so much. Renee Shaw, she's she's she is grace Mm -hmm. (laughs) and love and brilliance. And so these women in my life, I am so grateful to have them as friends, as mentors, um, as people who have literally changed the game and what they do in their lives. Mm. Here is Vanessa Holden. If you had to explain this project or say what the most important part of this project is, what would you what would you say? It's the access piece of digital access project. Um, accessibility in in a range of ways is super important, whether it's the accessibility we're going to provide by not making it a requirement that you physically go to a different space, or if it's the accessibility that we're able to provide by giving you high-quality scans that you can zoom in on to try and figure out, is that a number eight? (laughs) Is that a five? What is that number? Um, If it's the access that transcription will give folks who are visually impaired or blind and need to use a screen reader with that transcription, now they can Mm -hmm. also read these documents. Um, Whether it's the access of teaching folks who maybe don't really understand wills all that much. Um, It's certainly very complicated to me. I have to read them all the time, (laughs) Um, right? And so there's a new piece of access that, yeah, it's about this will from the 1830s, but also it's helping folks understand contemporary estate planning, right? Right. It's the access piece. Mm -hmm. Um, And as an African-American person myself, um, I... I grew up like most Americans did, where slavery, I didn't really learn much about slavery in any in-depth way until I got to college. 
Um, and anytime I would ask questions about my own ancestors, even very well-meaning teachers would sort of shrug and say, well, you know, we just don't, we, there's no information. We just can't really know. It, it can't be known, you know. Uh, right. You know, oh, well, you might be able to trace your family, but the 1870 census, that's it. That's where it mm-hmm. ends because before then, they don't have names in these documents. Um, the access is also about access to the to the possibility of knowing one's own past. Um, really moving past, you know, family story and family legend to, yes. to being able to see the, the record um, of where you come from. The holidays are right around the corner. And let me tell you, we have a surprise for you. Now, it won't be coming out until after the new year, but it is going to be so cool, you are not going to believe it. So stay tuned for the first episode of the Do Good Radio Hour in 2023 for a very big announcement. And let's say you want some early access to all of the tea, then you should follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at BGCFKY for all the goods. We are so excited. It is so hard to keep the secret. Okay, love you. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Do Good Radio Hour brought to you by Bluegrass Community Foundation. We'll be back next week right here on Radio Lex, or you can listen to us anytime on Apple Podcasts. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at BGCFKY, or visit us on our website at BGCF.org to stay updated on all of the latest giving and do good opportunities in our community. Until next time, I'm Courtney Turner. Do good and be well. You are listening to the Do Good Radio Hour on Radio Lex, WLXU 93.9 LPFM Lexington. Our theme song is Happy Tune, written and performed by Brother Smith. The views expressed on this podcast are not necessarily the views of Radio Lex, its board of directors, or Bluegrass Community Foundation. The views expressed are solely my own and the guests'.